You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. And welcome to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I am your host, Richard Franzi, and this is podcast episode number 1,243, and it's interview number 1,556. We've been on the air since March of 2009. We are the longest-running business podcast emanating out of beautiful Orange County, California, and the studios of octalkradio.net. Rosetti is a place where they design experiences and generate value, more specifically experiences that enrich people's lives by providing fresh and inventive context, as well as we all know that content is king. Value that is tangible and relatable, whether it is physically or financially or even emotionally supportive. The authenticity of their brand, as well as the creative abilities of their employees, is able to positively impact their clients, the community, sports and entertainment projects, and even take them across the globe with spectacular hospitality of all sorts. That's why I've invited Matt Rossetti to join us here on Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast to talk about his firm and their EOS experience. Matt, welcome to Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. How are you? I'm doing well, sir. Uh, let's. Great. I gave an open on the firm, but I wonder if you might be able to, from your perspective... Talk to us about what makes your firm unique in the eyes of your clients and your prospects. Great. Yeah, I'd love to. We look at the, our current market, and what we find is most architects simply look at uh, the world in two dimensions. It's uh, you know, the old adage of form and function. and it's, um, it's a way to make something pretty, and it's a way to make a building work. But they, we found that they missed the, the, the key ingredient of, 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 of value proposition. So our third dimension that we've added, um, we call it strategic design. And it's based on a, uh, a design process where we study and, and understand the revenue streams of all of our clients. So we understand what makes their business tick and how to make it more successful from a, a spatial perspective. How, how long did it take you to evolve to this perspective? Was this from day one, Matt, or was this something that organically developed over time? No, it, um, it absolutely uh, evolved over time. It's, um, it's something that I saw in the marketplace where our profession, and like a lot of, lot of service professions, are being marginalized by technology. And so you end up with, either folks at the top of the food chain that are coming up with some really innovative um, and creative ideas or the big bulk of them that are competing on fee. So we simply looked at, you know, kind of a blue ocean strategy to say, all right, well, how can we add, how can we add a lot more value? Because we know our clients market inside and out. We study it, we analyze it and, um, and we work with them and frankly to, uh, to, to stay ahead of the trend so we can help um, forecast for them. So you mentioned the book and the concepts of the Blue Ocean Strategy. I, I think that is a, a powerful concept to get out of the red ocean and to get up to the top yeah. of the pyramid of your market where you can command, hopefully, a higher margin because you're doing dif truly differentiated work because you're representing yourself differently, which is exactly what you've been saying in the first response to the question here on Critical Mass Radio Show, Matt. Absolutely. Yeah, it's something that we've, we've, we've strived internally to get better and better at because, 
there are um, there are just a, a plethora of architects out there doing the same kind of thing, and so much of that ends up being for their own, uh, I think, for their own egos mm. to uh, to win design awards as opposed to understanding the, the genesis, um, if you will, or the intrinsic value behind what uh, what a what a project can be because the built environment can have so much impact on how people experience um, space and, and, frankly, how it, how it impacts their lives in the work environment and in the play environment. That is so true. We're talking with Matt Rossetti. And um, I wonder if you could share with us, I, in the open, I, we kind of touched on a lot of different areas where your firm has delivered value. I'm wondering if you could talk to our other CEOs and business owners about the kind of most successful niche markets that you have focused on to grow your company. Well, the... The one niche that I would say that has been the most successful is the um, sports and entertainment market. Mm -hmm. They are hypersensitive uh, today on understanding um, the whole entertainment experience. The, what's really interesting is how over the last 10 to 20 years, there have been two huge shifts culturally that have influenced how people consume entertainment. The first one is, you know, we fell back in love with urban environments. And so having a, uh, a ballpark or an arena out in the middle of, of, of a uh, sea of asphalt <laughs> is it's no longer attractive. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's the L.A. Live type of experience where you have uh, a mix of uses and entertainment around the building. Um, that makes it uh, that, that that makes these things so popular. So there's that, and then there's the aspect of um, the, the the generations today, and, and and it really applies to everybody who has a, a smartphone in their hand. We have so many options, and so much connectivity at our fingertips that the idea of even the concept of sitting still in your seat for uh, even 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 minutes. Uh, let alone hours, it's just, it's gone away. So the idea of, of grown men or grown, grown adults, men and women, sitting in a stadium, you know, taking notes of stats and staring at the game, it just doesn't happen anymore. It's, people want to be entertained, moving around, socializing, and doing a million things on their phone at the same time that they're watching. So this has created a whole different version of um, of of how people want to either sit or not sit during an event. Boy, and I would think that really plays into your philosophy of understanding your clients' revenue streams and their client their clients' experiences. I mean, all of what you're talking about leads me to believe there are other alternate revenue streams available to those sports venues if they are designing them in a way that allows for that type of behavior and activity. So. It seems like that's a that's a niche that really could benefit from the way you approach your architect work and the work and service that you do for your clients. Uh, absolutely, because if if we're not understanding how they want to consume and we're forcing them into a, a a venue or a viewing position that is of no value to them, they 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 just leave. It's it's a you know, and, and as we look at trends, like one of the biggest trends is. As um, vacancy is created in stadiums and arenas, it starts up high because the upper bowl um, is the least 
entertaining or the least unique experience within a uh, a venue and with everybody looking for you know you 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 hear how uh, the adage of millennials are not about uh, buying buying um, stuff they're about the experience right and it's very true and the experience um, up high is is no good it's not unique so getting them down below getting them engaged with other people and um, getting the fans in, um, in in these kinds of more uh, deck and terrace and um, socialized spaces helps to sell uh, really well. You're listening to Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast, and I'm excited to have our guest today, our guest on this show, Matt Rossetti, and we're talking about his firm. And I first became aware of you and your firm through the Traction Library, and uh, for those of you that listen to our show, you know the Traction Library is a part of the entrepreneurial operating systems uh, tools and services that they offer both to their clients and to implementers like me. So I'm, I'm curious, when did you first find out about EOS? We got involved with EOS about um, it's about 10, 11 years ago, and it has had an amazing impact on the company, um, particularly because it's it's freed me up to do you know just the classic EOS line to do the things that I'm best at doing and the things that I like doing best, um, which is which is driving the, the vision of the company and the culture of the company as opposed to doing the operations and management. It was just a, such an such a eye-opener for me. So are you a visionary then in, in EOS parlance? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm 100% visionary. Okay. I, I was trying to do both roles and, and, and failing miserably at the, at the integrator role. It's such a unique role, and it's it's um, interesting because sometimes for visionaries, which many entrepreneurs tend to skew to the side of visionary, um, it's hard to actually believe that there there are people out there that enjoy the work that an integrator must do to help your company. They actually prefer that work and enjoy that work. So I, I assume I don't know, Matt. You must you must have found an integrator to help you to scale the firm as well. Is that true? Yes, I have it, and I, and it was really interesting because. It was somebody who had been with us for 20 years. Oh my God! And yeah, and I, again, with, without without the, the the traction helping to open up our eyes to what he was capable of doing, uh, he would never have never have grown into this role. And it's you know, as I think as you just mentioned, it's a bit of a thankless job um, providing all the, the the back support and the backbone of the uh, of the organization. And he does it uh, perfectly. And and it turns into rocket fuel, right? It'll it launches your company to the next level. So that's exciting. Exactly. So, exactly. So having ten or eleven years of practical experience with EOS as your primary operating system, I wonder if there's one suggestion or advice that you could offer to other entrepreneurs who are considering benefiting from implementing EOS, what would that one piece of advice or suggestion be for those people considering an EOS implementation? Oh, that's such a good question, because um, there's a bunch of them. Um, I think uh, the thing that comes to mind that, that we always fall back on is, um, is to, it's, it's, like an, it's like an alcoholic staying on the wagon. Um, you've got to stay with the program. Um, it's, 
as Gina Wickman would say, it's, it's, just, it's so easy to try and focus um, in the business as opposed to on the business and just making sure that we, we do, you know, we, we follow the regimen um, of, of creating uh, clear time for uh, fresh thinking and, and implementing what we need to implement and communicating it with, throughout the office is is i think it's critical and it, it takes a it just takes a lot of discipline to to hang with it uh, a week you know year after year month after month and week after week i guess you you're reading my mind then because my my next question was kind of be a follow-on was um over those 10 or 11 years have you noticed that maybe there were times when y- your commitment to it waxed or waned a little bit and and if so what did you do to get your back on track with the um, implementing the operating system um, yeah, we did. And, and the, the scary part was it was always during, like, really good times. Um, almost, <laughs> right. you know. Right. You're, yeah. you're celebrating, you know, or you're just kind of thinking that, uh, you know, you can do this stuff in your sleep. And um, and sure enough, you know, after uh, after a few months of, of, um, of falling away from it, we, you could see the results. I mean, the results came um, another, perhaps uh, three, four, six months later, but the results were apparent, and um, it's uh, it, it was it was obvious, and, and we only had to do that a couple of times to to make sure that we uh, we didn't do it again. We're talking with Matt Rossetti here on Critical Mass Radio Show and pod, uh, Podcast. We're talking kind of right now about your relationship with EOS, and I guess I'd like to ask you maybe any challenge. Can you, can you think of maybe the most challenging aspect that you faced in adopting EOS into your business? I mean, is there, is there a, again, a share that you might be able to give to people? I know it's different with every company and culture, but can you share with our audience maybe the most challenging aspect you were facing as you adopted EOS? Yeah, I I think that um, the 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 biggest challenge is is not to be afraid to change it. Um, we have we we have had a change up in leadership, and what happens is you, you know you create such a strong family of, uh, at the leadership level because it's usually six to twelve twelve people um, in the um, in the kind of the top leadership and. Sometimes you know it, the the system and the and the or the work just outgrows certain people, or mm. they outgrow the system. And you've been together and you've created so much trust throughout that group that it's really challenging. It's like throwing a member of the family out. Um, it's it to, to to make those kinds of important changes, but but when they're necessary, they have to be done. And, and we we, um, we 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 went through a transition and, and it's been uh, just absolutely uh, it's, again been like rocket fuel in terms of launching us to another level. Okay, on uh, Critical Mass Radio Show and podcast, our loyal listening audience knows whenever they hear the gong sound, that sound that what we just talked about was something. Because sometimes on the podcast you're listening, but maybe you're not fully engaged. I'd ask you to go back maybe a minute to two minutes and re-listen to what Matt just talked about there because I think that's so powerful, Matt. One of the things that I've seen as the uh, as the implementer is I have to be willing to challenge comp- customers and implement and companies to really look at and make some hard decisions. Implementing EOS requires you to really look at 
you know, kind of your people first, right? You need to make sure the accountability chart is right and you have the right people in the right seats on the bus. And that can be a challenge that not only is in the beginning, but from what you're saying, Matt, it can it can show up periodically through the time that you've been using EOS as your operating system. Yeah. Yeah, that 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 was not something we had ever anticipated. Um and and I think that's what probably made it doubly hard. I had ended up having a long conversation, in fact, uh, just a, a one-on-one with, uh, with, with Gino, who I'm, I'm sure your listeners know is the founder of, of EOS, and, um, and fortunately he happens to live in, in, in my backyard here, and to, to, to just discuss the whole process and ask him if I was you know, just kind of crazy to be even contemplating this, this kind of a change-up, and um, uh, you know, fortunately, uh, he, he reassured me that, oh, yeah, that, that absolutely can happen, and, and you've got to refresh in the pot. So um, two final questions for you, Matt. I appreciate your time here on Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I'd love to have you back at some point in the future, you know, one, three, or five years from now. And when you come back on the show, what's going to be different with your firm? Where are you taking the firm into the future, sir? Wow. That's um, so. Where we're heading is even more. What we're doing is is diving into a um, uh, additional areas that I, I consider blue ocean. The hmm. things that um, are, are in the in the entertainment and, and sports world. There is um, we're following that path of this changing consumer desires and looking at, frankly, how how to make them more temporal um how do we stop how do we build less permanent facilities or permanent seating configurations and how do we create environments that can move and shift and change or even move sites and not even be on the same site or multiply on the same site so it's it's the element of um of of mobility and um that that is uh, we think is going to have a major impact on um, on our on our world. Well, in the shopping arena, the whole you know there are many pop up stores that are happening, and that's kind of a very uh, powerful concept in retailing. I hear you sort of suggesting trying to bring the pop up concept into the sports and entertainment field in a different way. That's that's a that's a big thought, man. That's that's pretty exciting, Matt. Yeah. Yeah, that, especially when it comes to seating bowls, because everybody thinks that the seating bowl is such a fixed concrete um, thug that, uh, that that can't be moved. But there's there are some phenomenal uh, technological advances in material materiality, wow. and also um, just even the the, the foldability of um, of the the treads and risers, so that things can can, um, I, I don't mean to say class, but fold down on themselves <laughs> and be a flat floor uh, for one event and have maybe double tiers for another event or a regular seating bowl for a third event. It's, um, it's, 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 uh, it's kind of like the, um, the, Transformer, uh, <laughs> the Transformer movies, you know, right. things changing with the different animals. Right. Boy, I tell you, I'd, I'd do another gong, but we're running out of time because... I think sometimes to have breakthrough thinking, you have to question the most fundamental assumptions that exist within your constraint system yeah. to really yep. to really have a true revolution inside the business. And you just, 
uh, gave me insight into one in your field. So I really thank you for that gift of insight. If someone would like to learn more about you and your firm, how do you suggest they find out more online, sir? Um, well, I'd say the, uh, the, the our website has got a lot of information on um, and, 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 and links to microsites on a number of different things, uh, innovations um, that we're working on, as well as, um, as some of the, the cultural aspects that I, I mentioned. And what is that website? Oh, that's a great question. It's uh, Rossetti, www.rossetti.com. And could you spell that? R-O-S-S-E-T-T-I. Matt, I want to thank you very much for being a friend of the program, a part of the ever-expanding EOS community. You were generous to spend time with us today, giving us insights, and I truly appreciate your time, sir, and want to thank you as a, uh, as a friend of our program. Appreciate it. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me. My pleasure. I'd also like to thank our engineer for today, none other than Mr. Paul Roberts, and our three producers, without whom we could not do this show each and every week, Joan Park, Crystal Nunley, our newest producer, Nicole Terry. If you'd like to connect with me, I'd say let's start on LinkedIn. I'm Richard Franzi, spelled F-R-A-N-Z-I. Until our next show, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi.